she's probably getting her a Louis Vuitton. She's living great. I mean, she should ride that carpet for as long as it flies. She should make that car. Before they get in your business, be in charge of your business. Own it because it's your business. Your business, business. Handle all of your business. Value all of your business. All right, so on today's show, we have Kayla Greer, a.k.a. Chef KK, who is an entrepreneur and celebrity chef to some stars you know. I'm just going to say it, Drake. She's a chef to Drake. That's one of them. We also have the homie, my UConn fam. Yes, we've been talking all that UConn stuff, and we got Swin Cash coming through. Olympic gold medalist, Hall of Fame finalist, all of that good stuff. We're going to bring it to the pod, which, you know, we really have fun with that. We take social media to us, the topics we're talking about, and then also we're going to have a little of this and have a little of that. So this is going to be a fun show. We're going to talk a little bit of celebrities. We're going to talk a little bit of sports. And we're going to have some fun along with it. Okay, let's get it. All right, all right, all right. What's up, good people? Welcome back to Montgomery & Company. It's me, Renee. And listen, woo, it was a really stressful time. It was the best of times and it was the worst of times for March Madness. We saw March Madness turn to March Sadness. There were 10 upsets on the women's side. Well, more than 10 and there was more than 15 upsets on the men's side. So it really was the madness that we all craved and just to highlight a couple of them. First of all, in the Sweet 16, we have a number 10 versus a number 11 seed. And for those of you that don't know what upsets mean, I'm sorry too to the sports fans because you're going to have to deal with this all March. It's really crazy. I know you see the commercials. I know you're probably tired of it. But upsets are when the lower ranking seed beats a higher seed. So if the number 10 beats a number one, then people are going to go crazy. And that's what's been going on here in March. So now in the Sweet 16, we have a number 10 Miami playing against a number 11 Iowa State. St. Peter's is taking that luck of the Irish all the way from St. Patty's Day straight to the Sweet 16. And I'm going to tell you right now, they got a, a player named Doug and go check out my guy man Doug done went and got himself a name image and likeness deal because he's been playing out of his mind he deserves it this is the part that I love about March Madness this is the first time that we've seen athletes directly financially benefit from how they played in the March Madness so Doug went out there and got himself a name image and likeness deal with Buffalo Wild Wings and Barstool so it's rolling on the men's side. Duke is continuing their journey with Coach K. And then on the women's side, we saw a lot of different things going on. Something that we saw that was the same was UConn. You know, I believe blue. We're going to our 28th straight Sweet 16. But then we saw some teams that were used to going to the Sweet 16, like Baylor. This is the first time in 16 years that they won't make the Sweet 16. South Dakota will play in their first ever Sweet 16. Creighton is one of those teams that will also be playing in their first ever Sweet 16. And something else that I kind of peeped going on was that I saw that Jackson State gave LSU a run for their money and the timeline all aligned to join in to support that HBCU. So Coach Tamika Reed, her quotes after the game were unbelievable. Hopefully we'll get a chance to talk to her at a certain point because HBCUs, we've seen that they've been on the rise on the men's side when it comes to football. But boy, oh boy, are we excited to see that overflow coming on the women's side. So I think we're all going to root in and cheer for an HBCU if we see them making a push in the Final Four. And 
And that's what we love to see. And so speaking of all of that, Next Thursday, I'm going to be hosting a men's college basketball national semifinal prediction pool with DraftKings exclusively for my MoCo family. You can play for free by predicting the outcomes across both matchups for your shot at $1,000, baby. It's the Montgomery & Company Last Ford Challenge. Tune in next week for more details so you can get in the game. always do and I don't know if anybody's been watching but Kanye West has been in the news a lot there's been things going on because of his breakup and divorce with Kim Kardashian as we know Kim Kardashian is now in a new relationship and it seems like a committed relationship with Pete Davidson obviously Kanye is not handling that well but to Kanye's defense he said he's fine with the relationship other than the fact that Pete Davidson is sending him photos in bed with Kim Kardashian you did not hear that incorrectly he said that Pete Davidson is texting him and trying to set him off. Kanye West said he just wants his kids at Sunday service. So this is a whole ongoing saga. I'm trying not to look at Cole as I say this because something happened with her eyes and they was rolling. But that's the backstory between Kanye West and Pete Davidson in case you didn't really know why they need to have a celebrity boxing match. So yes, here comes Jake Paul, one of the Paul brothers. He comes in and he says, all right, guys, I see that there's some beef going on here and it's turning up. So he said, my official, and this is a tweet sent out, my official Most V Promotions offers is for Kanye West and Pete Davidson. I have $30 million guaranteed for Kanye and $30 million guaranteed for Pete. Plus pay-per-view upside, which means y'all are going to get y'all's $30 million guaranteed. And then whatever we sell on pay-per-view, you're going to get a little bit of that as well. And then he also says money will be put in escrow beforehand. It'll be a six-round boxing match. Let's settle this beef like men before the children get any more impacted. There's more. Jake Paul tweeted 10,000 retweets and I'll make Elon Musk versus Putin, that's the president of Russia, he said, I'll make that boxing match happen as well. The undercard will be Kanye West versus Pete Davidson and then me versus Conor McGregor in MMA. So he wants to do a whole full-on boxing match. Now, if you guys say, what in the world does Elon Musk and Putin have to do with it? Well, Elon Musk sent a tweet out to Putin that said, and it's actually a translation because he wrote some of the tweet in Russian and some of the tweet in English, but it says, I hereby challenge Vladimir Putin to single combat. The stakes are Ukraine. So in case you're wondering what's going on, Jake Paul didn't just make up <laughs> that fight with the 10,000 retweets. Elon Musk challenged Vladimir Putin to a combat match one-on-one. -on -one. The stakes are Ukraine. Now, I don't know if Ukraine agreed to those stakes, but here we are, group. There are some celebrity fight matches on the table. I don't know if everybody remember back in the day, celebrity death match that was a joke. It was little clay figures, but it's really happening in real life now. Lamar Odom was one of the guys that's fought in the celebrity death match. I know that we all remember what happened to Nate Robinson. I really hate it had to be him for the basketball community, but he got knocked out and it, it was tough. It went viral. You know, it was a big blow. These celebrities are really out there fighting these boxers and fighting the Paul brothers and so 
What are you guys' initial thoughts, first of all, about what's going on with these matches? Kanye versus Pete Davidson, Elon Musk versus Vladimir Putin. What's going on? As I've said before, I wonder where the Putin-Musk fight will take place because, uh, you know, it has to be on some kind of neutral plateau or whatever. So that would be interesting. So would it be in Ukraine? (laughs) Snuck! (laughs) Snuck! (laughs) I didn't even think about that part. But let me tell you what I thought about. I don't think that the Ukrainian president was to put his entire country in the hands of Elon Musk. I'm sorry. That's me. That's just me. Number one. Who agrees with this? I don't, I don't think that he wants that type of situation going on. I think he would bet on himself more because he got a little bit more fire to it than he would rather take him on himself. Kanye West and Pete Davidson. Personally, I don't want to see that fight because I really honestly think that Pete Davidson would at this point he's so irritated it would be a fight of anger see Kanye's angry but you know depending on the day we don't know who what Kanye we may get but you know, listen we may get, you can't be crazy though I, think, I, I was gonna say Kanye we he lets everybody know that look I'm crazy and don't mess with me so I don't know I feel like sorry I feel, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm disagree with you there because the reason why in that message he said the reason why he said I'm in bed with your wife is because he said where are you so if you ask it, that means you was going to try to pull up. Come on, pull up. You oh, we got some stats are? in the chat. Paul Come said he's tw- Pete is 28 and 6'3". How tall is Kanye? Like he's probably 5'10". Is he 6 feet? 5'2". 5'8". Oh, Kanye oh, yeah. is 44 and 5'8". And you know, yeah, nah. Paul brings up a good point, the age factor, because if I was fighting somebody in my raging 20s, look out. I'm going to just say right now. I don't know. Look I don't out. know. It might be like the OGs teaching the young ones but, something. To your point, to your point, Serena, they say that there's that what grown woman strength, that grown man strength, and Kanye's (laughs) fighting for his kids. So I don't know. I like ain't fighting for his kids. (laughs) (laughs) He ain't fighting fighting for his kids. I think Kanye just wants to whip his ass. I'm sorry. Let's let's not. Come on now. (laughs) Let's just do it this way. If we compare it to the uh, Ukraine-Russia war, Kanye has more involved involvement because his kids are. He's probably more deeper involved in winning the fight than uh, the other gentleman. First of all, I'm telling you, Kanye is not fighting for his kids. His whole argument is that they don't come to Sunday service. But he sees his kids all the other time. See, that's what I'm saying. We have to read between the lines. (laughs) That's the only (laughs) thing he can complain about is that the kids aren't coming to Sunday service, which, okay, fine. You want them to go to church, I get it, great. But that's not what he's fighting for. He's fighting for Kemp. That's the bottom so, line. So you he make a good point. He Listen, just wants to fight people. His pride is hurt. This man, yes. he was married to Kim Kardashian. They were a famous couple, celebrity couple. And then Kim is now living her best life in her onesies with Pete Davidson. He's with the family. Pete is letting you know it. Pete is texting my guy, allegedly. Why not? Allegedly. Why not? Well, isn't that? their M.O. to do those videos and release them? Snookabooka. Okay, so Snook says home videos is their thing, but this is what I'm saying. It's very interesting because Kanye is fighting for pride to that point of his pride is hurt right now. That man is living his life in his house with his family allegedly texting him about how amazing his life Pete's life is that's that's alarming and then you know I mean but what about him and his new girlfriend I don't I mean I just no know one takes that, that Kim, serious do they 
No, I mean, I, it's I a joke. No, it's I a joke. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I think that it's, it's pretty embarrassing for him to find a Kim lookalike. I'm so sorry for the young woman. You know, like everybody's comparing her to Kim, and I'm not you know, sorry I feel like for. it's embarrassing mm-hmm. on both oh, sides. She don't care. She's probably getting her a Louis Vuitton. She's living great. <laughs> I mean, she should ride Facts. that carpet for as long as it flies. <laughs> she should milk that cow. Huh? <laughs> You're absolutely right. I, she and out, she is dead. right. She's right. But I'm, I'm pretty sure that Kim is a little, you know, feeling some type of way about that too. She's well, like, oh, you're gonna get somebody that looks just like me. No, uh, she not. How mm-hmm. Kanye? It makes her look good. It makes her look really good. It does. It makes her look amazing because he's not the first one to do that. Because I do remember another person she was with, ended up with who ended up with a Kim Kardashian oh, yes. lookalike. That is so true. this is the that mo. If when they leave her, this is what happens. So it doesn't make her look bad. Yeah, she probably tells everybody like they're yeah, gonna go try to like, find another. Me, that's, to get me another me. That's not a, tough. You know, that's a bump up with her. She's like, yeah. He trying I mean, to find I don't think it like makes me. her look bad, but I think it's annoying to her. You know, everything Definitely. that's happening. You know, she's probably like just a little annoyed. Definitely. I, mean, I just think that you know, Kim. She, you know, they have history, so I don't think. And the kids, so she's probably like, don't have my kids around that woman. You better, you know, watch this, watch that. So I'm pretty sure it's annoying for her. You too, can't ask you know? for that but, if you can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, there. I mean, At you can't house, ask for it, but I'm just saying that's a reality. Selling something. Yeah. She should already be working on finding a lookalike for herself and getting her ready for Pete Davidson when they're still Snook! broke up. Look, Snook said Kim needs to get in the look like me business because all of her exes get one of her. So she needs to start selling herself. Like, here's the ex me for whenever we break up. Oh, hey, Snook, I like that. Like, and- I know you're going this way, so here's your list of options. Listen, we got replacements, okay? And so this brings me to, and by the way, when we were talking about Nate Robinson, he took a tough one for the team, for the basketball community. But Deron Williams now, he did well for the boxing community against the NFL's Frank Gore. So just throwing that out there, we did take one. Shouts to Nate, though. You know what? I thought he was courageous. But that brings me to the question, group. Come on, MoCo fam. If someone offered you 30 million ducats, to fight a celebrity, would y'all take that fight? Just call me the next Nate Robinson. (laughs) (laughs) If I get up there and get clocked and knocked... I would still take it. Call me the next <laughs> Nate Robinson. I, Nate did take a blow to his pride, but not to his pocket. So I'll be the next Nate Robinson. <laughs> I mean, don't they? Isn't there some kind of rule against like a knockout or something? Didn't something happen with Floyd Mayweather you where you didn't want to knock a, a person out too fast or something? Because yes. then they don't get paid as oh, much. Oh, you would, you would. I would be the drunken fighter because <laughs> I would be back and forth through there. I would make them six rounds if I had to leave for five <laughs> rounds. Leave. If I had to run around the ring in circles. <laughs> Catch me. Catch me Circles. if you can. Yeah. So. Yeah, because well, to Cole's point, Nate Robinson raked in more than two million in his fight. So Cole said she will gladly take a thump on her head. <laughs> Clocked and knocked. I'll be fine. Snuck when I wake up, up, would you would you take a thump to your head too? Well, I would definitely prepare if I could. <laughs> and uh yeah, I would definitely get in the ring for that.
<laughs> and she don't want to get knocked out. I can hear Stop. everything in Snook's voice doesn't want to get knocked out. No, no. I have to have I have to have uh, a good showing, and so my family won't be embarrassed. Sit right with you with that two million when you go on vacation. That's about it, baby. You just come. Where are we going to dinner afterwards? I'm tell you right now. The problem would be that if y'all would have to hold Diddy out of the ring. Diddy ain't gonna hit no woman though, and you're gonna be fighting a woman. It's gonna be listen. It's gonna be age appropriate. So which grandma can catch these hands, Snookabooka? Which grandma? Not many. Not <laughs> Listen, Serena, you getting up mm. in there throwing them New York hands with some? I don't know. I don't know if I would. I don't know. I just feel like, <laughs> I mean, I, I've seen these charity fights and stuff like that. I feel like it's a good cause. Maybe if it's like for a charity, but just with Girl, for that platform. No. That's what I'm saying. Because the charity fights, they don't get too serious. But for this kind of fight, they can get kind of serious. And I don't want to give, I don't want to be on that platform. First of all, I, I'm, I'm funny when it comes to like that, when it comes to things like that. I don't really sell myself for like money. I don't care because I'm like, look, if I don't believe in your platform, I'm not going to go on your platform and I don't agree with that platform. So and let me tell you, that's upstanding that you would say that you would do it for charity, but I'm not getting up there. I will donate after I wake up. So now I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going up on in this ring. I'm going to tell you, so listen, I need to be careful because I'm going to be talking all this talk and somebody might throw me some coins and be like, oh, I heard you said you want to fight. <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now, y'all got to put me in a category with somebody like me. When I was a player, I was in a different type of shape. I was lifting weights every day. I was about that action. I was ready. Right now, I'm retired, baby. I don't lift the weights. I don't work out on a normal basis. So if y'all match me up with somebody, it got to be somebody that, like Snook said, I got a puncher's chance. Cole said she going in there to get knocked out, baby. Collect the check. <laughs> Cole is who I want to fight, okay? Like, Cole, <laughs> Cole is the type of, a type of opponent I ain't going to make need. you work hard. I ain't going to make you work hard. Just let me stay up my six rounds and get my bag but Cole, and get out. Cole, do you understand that the pay-per-view, you got to build the hype. People That's wanna, fine. It'll be some hype. Well, not if they hear you saying I'm going to run around no, and listen, get knocked. I'll go, listen, I'll go out there and look like a champ. I will work out and everything. Now, whether <laughs> I get knocked or not is going to be what happens. But I'm just saying, if I end up a Nate Robinson, oh, I feel so bad. I would you feel know so what? terrible. So to your point, Cole, you make a good point. All right. So I'm going to go out there. I'm going to give y'all a good show to rumble in the jungle. OK, like I'm going to give y'all a good show. I'm going to get on my tumble. I'm going to talk that talk. I'm going to give you some Muhammad Ali talk. I'm going to fly like a butterfly, sting like a bee. I'm going to yeah. give you all of that talk. But Y'all got to put me in there with somebody that is like-minded, like me. Uh, yeah, float like a butterfly, sting like a bee, all of that. Yeah, y'all got to put me in there with somebody that's like-minded. So if y'all had to go against your a celebrity, who are you picking your fate against? Snookabooka, like I said, what grandma are you going against that you're going to have a puncher's chance? Who y'all trying to fight? Because I need somebody that is... First of all, like-minded like me, where we don't want to kill each other. We want to put on one of those Floyd Mayweather shows where a little razzle, a little dazzle, a little, you know what I'm saying, a little something. But don't try to kill me. So who you taking in your celebrity match? Oh, oh let me see. Let me see. Uh, someone my age, celebrity. Okay, let's see. Oh, Oprah. Oh! <laughs> 
<laughs> I just cannot. I cannot Listen, believe. I cannot believe you came. <laughs> you would have picked Martha Stewart, but for y'all uh, got a girl. You I will pick Kim. Me and Kim can go, okay. or me and Chloe can go. Ooh, <laughs> can go. Look, like give that. me one of Kardashians. Since, since he's gonna be fighting Kanye, gonna be fighting on this side with Pete. I'll fight on this side with Kim or Chloe. Or Ooh, give me one of the Kardashians. I don't want to fight nobody. I want to see other people fight. I want to see like A Rod and Ben Affleck fight I'll or something. Out. Oh like, my god! I don't like fighting. My fighting days are over. That was left in New York. <laughs> I'm done with that life. <laughs> You're like Judge Mathis. He says people don't do that anymore. They use bullets. They fight long distance. Oh, oh Lord. That's what we're trying to get away from. Other. This is what we're trying to get away from. I think that was <laughs> the point that Jake, of, yes. Jake Paul was making that, hey, fellas, let's fight this out in a civilized manner. So I agree. Cole said the Kardashians can get these hands. I like that. I like that. Snookabooka said Oprah. That was a twist. That was a shocker alert. But Didn't not that, that she don't have no smoke with Oprah. She was just saying somebody that she could get in there and do a little jab, jab, step, step with and it's all friendly. <laughs> I ain't mad at that. Serena said forget it. My New York fighting days are over. <laughs> I did enough of that in the streets. I really want to see like like uh, you know, maybe like A-Rod and Ben Affleck. I want to see them up going other at each fights. other Serena yeah, has like... gone to setting up other <laughs> fights instead of her own. She's like, look, in yeah, my place I'm, I'm putting A-Rod against Ben Affleck. Against Ben Affleck, yes. Oh, wow. I feel so like, I feel like, the battle of like J-Lo. I got some aggression there, you yeah. know, towards them that I feel That's like That's a he massacre. Could. <laughs> a Rod would just. Poor Ben. I that's, like Ben. Don't do I'm that saying. to him. Don't, don't do that him like that. Don't I like him. him. This is a comedy. Yeah, his ex-wife is a West Virginia girl. Don't do him like that. Oh, who Jennifer <laughs> Gardner, Gardner is the Gardner. ex. So she'll be in the stand. She'll have a little West Virginia section. Snookabook, <laughs> I still think that we're going to reshuffle your card to Martha Stewart. I know okay. she's... I know she... Oh, so see, look, that ain't no problem. That ain't no... Because I know she's been I don't been think you want to come from Martha. She's been in the big house. She's been in the big house. Yeah, I saw her well I didn't see actually see her but I went to the big house that she was in and did some workshops that's not so. the same uh, Snookabooka said she worked at the big house that Martha Stewart was <laughs> in but I don't know you know I don't know I think it would be interesting because both of y'all got a little green thumb there might be some creativity with y'all's outfits Mm-mm. I don't really know but I like these matchups Snook versus Martha Stewart and or Oprah Cole said throw me a Kardashian sister and let me fall and it's all over from there I don't know about me let me see Somebody that, um, let's see, in the broadcaster space, or or should it be somebody? What about th- Jamel? Well, what's wrong with you, Snook? Are you okay? Are you okay? No. Like, no, no. I'm trying to figure out why she want Detroit coming at her daughter. I just, I'm trying to figure like, out. I'm gonna say, you just, you just, you, you, she ain't gonna make it one round. Jamel is not bothered. <laughs> She's not bothered. ain't picked up a weight, nothing, and she gonna get in there with Jamel. I have to really be on my good foot, dip, dip, dodge. <laughs> Snookabooka, you want that for me? No, I think you do okay. Snook, this is not oh, the, I don't no. understand. Snook, no, no, no. we were confused when you chose Oprah. Because we didn't want that matchup. And then you went and doubled down and chose Jamel, the homie, for me. No, don't, don't pick nobody from me. I'm good where I'm at. Leave me right where I'm at, please. We will have Serena fight if that's the case. This is getting out of hand. Okay, uh, let me just think about it for a second. Serena. I want to hear who you would have fight Cole now. I want to hear. you can have one of the Kardashian girls. No, you, you, you no, can have one of them. No, I want to hear who Snook like has fight. like a Leopard and Friends fight Because if Snook is 
going to put Jamel on me and just have me out here? This is crazy. <laughs> so who do you got fighting Cole? I want to hear this. Mm, I can't think all right off the top. Oh, now she don't want to give guests. Now, she didn't gave herself Oprah, me, Jamel. I'm scared <laughs> to see what's next. And, sh- and Oprah's from Chicago, right? <laughs> so y'all both just done. That's okay. Y'all still to- over there. Y'all still you know there. what? That's I'm what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Good Stick white Who else? What? She gonna have cold fight Clarissa. This is a- oh <laughs> no, Lord Jesus! I want to be able to enjoy the rest of my life without <laughs> drinking my meals three times a day. No, thank you. Through the wire, Clarissa she Shields. gonna be on her through the oh, wire, Kanye. No. I just thought about somebody that I would like to get in the ring with. Who? But I don't know her name. <laughs> Who is this? I don't know her name. So that that spokesperson, the one that that used to do the white. House pressings, the one that the oh she the one that used for. to have all the all Sarah, the dresses. Uh, what was her name? Uh, Huckabee. The, yes. I, I, okay, I don't, I don't, I remember her name, Huckabee, but she was yes. always. I, I just always remember thinking, I'll like, take mm, her too. You know, if I have a few words with her, yes. I just, I would, I would give her a piece of my mind. No, so, I would Serena, give her a piece of my fist. Yo, she would get it. This is turning into real fights here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm like low key a pacifist. I don't like using, you know, any kind of violence and things like that. You but would get violent. She get smart. You would get violent. This things. is crazy. Oh, yeah. Oprah was born in Mississippi, by the way. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Just so we know but okay snook so serena says she's gonna fight sarah from the white house we don't know the actual (laughs) name but we're just gonna call her sarah from the white house like jake from state farm listen (laughs) sarah from the white house is who serena says she'll line up with six rounds i'm still Mm -hmm. waiting to hear who snook got for cole or serena because snook just threw me in there with with d town shoddy i'm like i think jamel is really about that unbothered life she would have been unbothered and knocked me clean out and been unbothered after it and you want that we love jamel we love this we're like a low-key Jamel Hill fan club over yeah. here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is crazy. Oh, let me say, I can't even think of anyone for Nicole or for Sam. Let's she see. just I wanted me to get knocked out. I said, Sam, we, you get one of them card We can split this up and then we can split them up. I'll probably take Kendall. You know, like... <laughs> <laughs> Miss around, but listen, Chloe got the revenge body show. They really be working out and training while we key in and laughing. Kind of seem a little gangster, so I don't know what she would do. She would pull out some stuff. Okay, what about Viola Davis? What? <laughs> uh, they gonna we gonna have to cancel ourselves. Are you kidding me? You want coldest fight yeah. Viola Davis and she just played Michelle Obama? This is this is oh, a crime. Yeah, we gotta watch that. This is a crime. That's like me, Ma, that's like me putting you against um who who was Michelle Tina Obama? Turner? No, Tina Turner. Obama. Who played t- Tina Turner and she's oh, ripped Angela up. Bassett. Oh, Angela Bassett. Bassett. <laughs> Ma, do you don't want to get around with Angela Bassett. Snook chose violence <laughs> this morning. <laughs> like the next thing she's Ooh, oh Snook and Chris Jenner. <laughs> That's a that's oh, actually. Oh, so are we just fighting the I whole Kardashian family about? I don't even think that would be about. Ooh. <laughs> shots fired. Just shots fired. Match. Shots fired. <laughs> shots fired. <laughs> Hey, listen, Jake Paul, if you want to put 15, I know they don't, they're not the same draw as Pete and Kanye, but if you want to put Snook and Chris on the undercard, throw oh, them both no. a smooth 10 milli, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? This is, they had to do more effort to get ready for the fight. This is the, the older senior citizen sne- silver sneakers round. Come on now. You got to Yo, throw I'm them crying. a bone to even get ready. 10 million guaranteed to Snook, 10 million guaranteed to Chris Jenner, the upside. 
round. the pay-per-view one round <laughs> 10 minutes the last one standing wins baby you can book it you heard it and, here and Renee, Renee gotta announce it too and I gotta, gotta, and, and and I gotta be energy. on the call because I'm gonna tell y'all what though if anything go down while my snooks in the ring look out that's all I'm saying just look out like the check just go ahead and send me the check Swin Cash, the first black female NBA executive, but also, you know, a three-time WNBA champion, a two-time Olympic gold medalist. She won a couple of championships in college, too. The homie is coming through to talk. Let's get it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With UConn, we saw got the number two seed. I can remember one of my craziest moments at March Madness was I did a bet with CD, okay? Because you know CD is always doing something. Forever betting, yes. <laughs> I did a like, bet you with CD. Can't C- do this. You can't do that. No, you can't, Renee. <laughs> it's so good. So everybody, if you know, you know. And so I, I made a bet with CD, and we won. And so she had to rock up to the tournament in her Kentucky Derby style hat. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we had to make CD come through, looking like she was Look at, at the Derby. So that was one of my favorite March madness memories what was yours i mean y'all did a lot of winning swins so what was yours though first of all you are the god for that one because <laughs> anybody that knows cd you understand how much time this woman spends on her hair yes! and for you to get her to put a hat on you go ooh, ooh. <laughs> if you know you know <laughs> you know what uh okay so one of my favorite memories i think it's going to be um when we won the championship in 2000, I had a bunch of different memories. So I had this stuffed animal that went everywhere with us. And I mean, it started literally at the beginning of summer. We were doing our European trip. This stuffed animal was everywhere. So Stacey Hansmeyer, Paige Sauer, all of them crazy. Like those are your seniors being crazy. <laughs> uh-huh. They started playing this game and took my stuffed animal. So throughout the tournament, it's this scavenger hunt trying to find where is. I know you lying. <laughs> and my stuffed no, we got pictures. My stuffed animal's name was Butt Butt. So like Susan, Sue's like 
we're at dinner, the whole team, and Sue's like slotting me letters like, but but has been seen here, there, and like, <laughs> they kidnapped <laughs> him. Like I'm furious. Like this is like you know how some people have like their safety blanket yes, and everything when yes, you're younger. Yes. Like this was like my girl. Like what are you doing? Like what is wrong with you? <laughs> so. As we get there, finally, we get to the final four. And I'm like, somebody is going to get it. Like, we are going to go to these streets right now. Y'all about to bring the port out of me. You know how I am. What's the PA? I'm like, I'm like, where is he? So they sent me a picture, right? And this is when the investigation part came out. They slide me a picture. And in the picture, I'm like, y'all really not that smart. Because they took a picture and part of Stacy's shoe. I didn't know who had it the whole time. I thought the whole team was moving, right? Part of Stacy's shoe Renee was in the picture. So I go through everyone and they're just like, oh no, Swim found out, she found out. <laughs> so at dinner, I'm like going down and it was like this whole thing, but it actually brought us together. So like the enjoyment mm. of like them terrorizing me made that whole championship. <laughs> it was a team bonding. Were you saying butt butt is the reason for that 2000 championship? <laughs> Pretty much. Like, I mean, they should have... <laughs> She should have got a ring, I'm saying. <laughs> okay. It should happen. It should happen. I love Listen, it. I love it. I love that. And so speaking of rings, man, you got a lot of them. You've done a lot of winning in your career. And now somebody, I just saw it on the Twitter verse. You are a finalist for the Hall of Fame. First of all, congratulations. Y'all better let Thank her out. I don't know why she wouldn't get in there. Don't play stupid. Y'all better act right. Okay, first of all, I had to get that out. First of all, but where were you when you got the call? Like, how did that, like, what does that feel like? Y'all will not believe this. It's so funny. I was at NBA All-Star. Um, I had meetings, like, back-to-back. So I totally forgot and zoned out, like, that they were announcing the finalists for the Naismith Hall of Fame. So I go to meet one of our players, and I'm standing there, like, in the lobby, like, and my phone just starts, like, blowing up. And I'm talking to, literally, one of the PR guys from the Pistons. And you know, when I first came in the league, I played for the Detroit Shock. And so the Pistons, those were, like, our brothers. So all of a sudden, the Detroit staff is like, yo, congrats, whatever. And it literally was like being around family. And I'm like, congrats, what what happened? They're like, you didn't. You're a finalist for the Hall of Fame. What are we talking about? <laughs> and I look and I see like my mom's messages and different people. And I was like, oh, Swing, get your life together. Get it together. <laughs> get it together. So like her came down and like they gave me a hug and stuff like that. But literally I was at NBA All-Star working and had like no clue. So, I mean, that was a good feeling. Business as usual. Business as usual. Well, it's good, Swing, that you were there. <laughs> you got all of that love from former people. Thank you, you know, Mama. You know, it wouldn't felt as good if you were by yourself at home sitting you know and yeah <laughs> it's, yeah it was good and it's good that it was a surprise because that's the genuine your genuine feel like whoo okay yeah because you know you would have been nervous trying to wait like am I going to do am I not you know sometimes waiting on something makes you kind of like oh, I wish I was doing something else so it's not in my back of my mind but the fact right. that you was doing what you love and then all of a sudden you get kudos and accolades that's the way to find out that's, right, that's great right. I mean I think that shows like a humble spirit too you know like you're working you know it's like people don't know like yeah it's cool to be the VP but it's a lot of work I remember when it came through the wires and I said hold on a second that name looked real familiar (laughs) okay and I started to turn up one time so first of all congratulations 
I'm speaking it into existence. You're in there. You already planning out your fit. I can't wait to see how, what you do with that orange girl. Okay. <laughs> can't wait to see that. So second thing is you've been in the news a lot lately because you were also one of the investors. So the WNBA raised 75 ducats. Okay. $75 million. You were actually on the executive committee in the WNBA when I was on there. And now full circle moment, you're an investor in the WNBA. So what was that like? Like, how did that become a part? Like, can I borrow a coin, girl? What? <laughs> you know, it, it, it's funny that you say that. Um, and it literally just started off a conversation. Um, I was talking to Kathy and just really asking questions. And just even before I get into that, just know I'm so proud of you. Like, you're talking about me. But being an owner with the Atlanta Dream, everything that you've done and how you pivoted, I always kept saying in the back of my mind, we're always trying to give back. And when opportunities present themselves, you got to go forward. I mean, you could talk about it. My mom used to always say growing up, you know, you got to talk about it, but you also got to be about it. So yep. <laughs> what, what happened was I was talking to Kathy and she was just saying, here's some things we're doing. You know, we're raising this money, you know, keep it quiet. But we got people really interested. And my first question and she'll tell you is because she mentioned when she was mentioning some of the players, she had mentioned an NBA player. And I was like, we'll have any WNBA players invested. And she was like, not of yet. And I was like, well, Maybe they didn't know. So I like to learn more about it. And she was like, absolutely. Because you know, as a current player, you can't invest in something yeah. like this. Um, and so I just started doing the research, brought my financial guys in, talked to my husband. And you know, Steve, like he's Come been- Come on, Steve. Day one, A1. If it's any way that he can help out, you know, former or current WA players, he does it. So we, we invest in a lot of things from, you know, playing cards to, you know, different investments that we have with different companies. And I was like, I really want us to do this. So financial, we figured out like, what does it look like? How much we can invest? What the projections were? And at the end of the day, I said, this is bigger than just me because other women, ever since that came out and that was released, more former players, more younger people like heard that and they can relate to it and they can see it. We talk about like, if you see it, you can be it. Well, that's the stuff that we have to do. When they see you as a boss in ownership and helping a team build the foundation, they need to see that. They need to see us investing in the league and they also need to see us in positions where we are women that are leading on the NBA side as well. So I'm really just happy and blessed that I was able to ask the questions. We'll always say this, Renee, you know how do we go back? Closed mouth don't get fed. So Hello? you got to be able to ask the questions and open your mouth up. That is so dope because like it, like you said, it was nobody even knew the raise was happening. And then you start to see the names attached to it. What do you think that'll do for the WNBA over the years, though? Just getting that influx of money. I know that they said it's going to marketing, which is kind of part of the problem, as we've already talked about, that Darren was pointing out. But so what do you think that that kind of money will do for the WNBA that's already booming right now? Yeah, no, I think it's going to allow and get give Kathy the flexibility um, as the president of the league to really start investing in areas that's going to make the quality of life and for the game for the women, number one, better. I think secondly, it's also going to challenge this narrative that the league cannot start growing as a whole. Like that's, that's going to challenge that narrative. And third, it's going to make other owners within the WNBA say, hey, I got to start investing a step in my game up too. This influx of money's coming in, but it's going to have to make people look at their model and how they are funding these teams, how they're funding marketing in a very holistic way. So I'm super excited about it. Um, and I think the league deserves it. 
I just want to ask a question because you're working over there in a man's world and you get to hear all of these things that men think about different things. And so I was just wondering from inside, what does the NBA or the players or the front office think about their sister league, the WNBA? Yeah, you know, it's the funniest part about all of this is when I played and even now, the male and the female players, they never had any beef. And the support was always here. <laughs> exactly. It's like, that's the homie. What you talking about? Like, hey, what's up? And it's actually made it easier for my job. Like, there's times when I see somebody and I'm like, they're like, oh, what's up, Swin? And we start talking. I'm like, oh, let me look around. Because other executives are like, she's trying to steal players? Who's she talking to over oh, there? Oh, boy. Like, Tell me the, about it. The love, the love is there because game respects game. The problem that comes in is not the players that play the game. It's sometimes the people who actually are covering the game people that are at home on their couch people who didn't get picked on teams when they were younger and taking all their anger out in the w it really is it really is i just never forget being at an olympics and sitting down and we were there and i never forget it was at a time when they were at okc and it was like james harden it was uh, russell Westbrook and kd and i'll never forget kobe going on his whole tangent and the whole plane's dying laughing because Kobe was talking about the business of basketball and like, y'all three ain't going to be together. So-and-so GM does X, Y, and Z. And like his mind was so far ahead of understanding the front office and the game part of it. And I'll never forget him talking. He, and then he just pivoted into like the W and being like, yo, this person and that person. Like he understood the game. So when he just even changed and evolved with having kind of Gigi and getting involved in the women's game, to me, it was a no-brainer when people were like, oh my goodness, like it's a different Kobe. And I said, no, it's just a Kobe that you all are seeing. It's not a different mm, Kobe yeah. because how he watched the game or how he, yes, his daughter opened his eyes to a thing, but he was always watching us play. Like, because if you love Facts. basketball, you love basketball. So that's the part that really cracks me up when people are like, well, what do the NBA guys think about it? I'm like, my guys are out here giddy because they like, yo, right. I'm like, if you don't talk to me like a normal person, what are you talking about? Like, you should say- Facts. Same with Coach Spoon out here with Spoon. They're like, yo, Spoon, I was looking at your highlights, man. You was crazy on the D. that's what's up. Right. And, and it's so it's crazy. Different. I was just saying that we were just talking about that because of the tweet that came in earlier. I was saying the death of Kobe, it just hit on so many things, you know, aside from it being a tragedy, he was a really big advocate for women's basketball. And that was a big blow to the women's basketball industry too, you know, for all these people are saying, oh, not enough men, not enough this. You know, you had a big advocate over here. There is a world out here. There is a market for women's basketball. So we should put eyes on this because there's something there. Imagine, right? I mean, one of his last photos was in a WNBA hoodie. And to that point, you talked a lot about it, your interactions with the NBA players. What is it like? You know, you're a first for a lot of things, but you're a first NBA executive, black woman in the office. And so what is that like your day to day? Like, what does that look like? Are you with the players a lot? Are you in the office a lot? Like, what does that look like? Yeah, no, that's a great question because people ask me all the time and I'm like, I wear multiple hats, which is good because when I came here, you understand where they building it from the ground up. My boss, David Griffin said, look, you have this institutional knowledge of a lot of different areas and I really need you to be able to dive in and help one of the biggest things for us is like, at the end of the day, I need to cultivate culture here for us. So understanding what that looks like from how we onboard our players here, how our team development is structured, that's under my portfolio for what I need to manage day to day. 
Also, our roster building. What does our roster look like? So I've spent more time on the road scouting and looking at like pros and figuring out like, all right, we're trading for guys. Like I'm in those rooms. What does the draft look like? What does free agency look like? Trade deadline. All those different things happening. We had a huge trade. Everybody just saw that. I mean, at the end of the day, we're not went through. We're all in there. Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Josh, you got you one over there. You got you one. And, and you know, the thing is, Larry Nance hasn't even played yet. Tony Snell's done a great job for us. But, right. you know, yeah. looking at with our front office, like, what's the salary cap look like? How do we structure a team? How do we have a sustainable model? It's funny because when people see women in leadership, the first thing they think is that, Oh, you guys care for the players. What do you do for the players? And I'm just like, <laughs> we do a lot for the players, but y'all know I do more than that on a day-to-day basis. So that's <laughs> the stereotypes is what I've yeah. had to fight on a day-to-day basis. Um, and I think that's never going to change, to be honest with you. I mean, maybe it will, but right now people just automatically assume they see woman and they see you care for the players. I do believe that in order for you to cultivate culture, people, free agents... Guys, you draft have to want to be in your market. So Definitely. how you keep them there is how you engage, whether how you engage them in the community, how you grow them as businessmen or women. Okay. Um, all those things matter. But at the end of the day, who's playing out there on that court? Like, we gonna, we gonna evaluate if you got game or not. And I love, that's the, that's the easy part for me. I was gonna say, part. that's the thing you could do all day easily, yes. no problem. Yeah. So that is so dope just to hear like a glimpse into your world because you people do assume caregiver when they see woman. That's not necessarily the case, but I asked the Twitterverse, all right, what y'all want me to ask Swin? One was, what is your ultimate dream position? Are you in it or do you have one? What is your ultimate dream position? Yeah, that's a that's a really great question because I will <laughs> say this. I came into this with no expectation of what was the next step. I came into this thinking I sat on television for so long saying what I would do to help change if I was on a team, how I would build out the team. So I'm doing uh-huh. it now. So I came in. This is in my third year right now. And I look around and I say, you know what? To sit at the top and be a president or a GM of a basketball operations for an NBA team, that's where I can get to. Now, maybe I'll pivot or go somewhere else. And at the end of the day, I do believe whether it is here in the NBA, whether it is in the WNBA, I do think that I could be a president to run a basketball operations for a professional team. So that's Ooh, what we I agree. I, mean, I totally Listen, agree. I agree. We agree. I'll have the signs printed tomorrow. <laughs> We love it here. And then the second question, well, somebody asked, will you be an owner of a WNBA team in the future? So that was the second fan question that you kind of (laughs) touched on. But with expansion now being a real thing, like we start to see it talking about more and more. We got the money. You're an investor. Is that something that would be in the horizon for you? Absolutely. I think WNBA, NBA, I would love an opportunity to um, be part of an ownership group because I think it's less about me and more about those two little boys that we are trying to raise to not only be great, brilliant young men, but also to be allies and understand what that looks like in our family, in our blended great big family that we have. And so in order to do that, we continue to try to find the areas of opportunities to play in places, Renee, and to be in rooms that we don't normally get to be in. That's where we want to be. 
And you know that better than anyone. So I just continue to say, you know, not only for this opportunity, but also to be on boards, you know, these corporate boards that don't really have the diversity that should be there. Women like us should be able to have those opportunities to be on these boards, to lend a voice to their consumers who they don't really know. So that's where I'm trying to play to that next level, to be in spaces and rooms that they don't see people like us. We preaching representation is the word. That's the word. (laughs) We need to have it. Somebody also asked, how's Zion doing? You know that that's going to be the question. Is he doing okay? I just, Yes, you know what? Um, He's here now, um, in here working hard. I think really just trying to get back on the floor and be healthy. Um, The greatest thing, I think, is seeing him get back into the gym, smiling with his teammates, the interaction. I love that. Um, And you know me, I keep it a buck. I was not happy about a lot of, I mean, the crazy float that happened down here in New Orleans, some of the takes that people have had. I think the one thing that people tend to forget and miss is that the age of some of these guys that come into this league. You pay somebody a lot of money and people forget that they are human and they don't give them the space to be able to grow. And yes, there's a certain level of accountability being a pro, but at the same time, where's the responsibility for us being human beings and having a level of compassion and um, having our humanity? So to an extent, I get it. Like you're a sports fan, we have our takes, but at the same time, we have to be careful in this day and age because we understand the stresses that can come from a lot of this game. So, but Z's doing great. Um, I don't know. He's been on the sidelines. They've been seeing him out there with his teammates. Decided to have CJ here, get B.I. back and make this play and push. Y'all going to be all right, though. Yeah. I'm just... Oh, 30,000 foot right. view, you gonna be all right. We, we, we operate up here in the, you know, we operate in the bird's eye view. And a lot of times your fans and other people, like, they're down in the weeds. So yep. I said, hate us now, but eventually it'll turn to love. Because what we see and how we're building, we're gonna get there. We're gonna be all right. We always ask about generational wealth because our community doesn't necessarily talk about it so much but I think we should so you got two little boys watching the throne what are your thoughts on generational wealth um that we need it we need to protect it at all costs my nana growing up for her generational wealth was owning your home that was your first investment and the second one was to keep the money under the mattress in the cookie jar didn't trust banks (laughs) didn't trust other places um so we one you have to protect and two you have to get gain knowledge a lot of times we're scared because we don't know it's not that we don't want to invest it's because we don't know and it's hard to trust so do your research understanding retirement funds understanding all these things means that you don't have to know everything but taking those baby steps for yourself and for your family means that the more education that you have and you learn you're going to be able to pass that on to your kids so for our two little boys you know they're going to know about being an entrepreneur being young getting invested early in whether it's business or buying a property just flipping a property this is your home you know that by the time you go to college this is going to be paid for rent you own it outright this is like those are the things that we are wanting to teach our kids in school they think they want to teach them the history books and they want to teach you all these different things that you tend to forget about 
<laughs> when you get older. So for us, understanding you can have an education in school, but you got to understand it's real life, it's street life. Because your daddy came from New York, your mom from a uh, Western PA from the Keysport. So <laughs> okay. how, we, how we raise you is going to be like a chameleon because you'll be able to be in a boardroom. You'll be able to be, as Beyonce says, you could be on any MLK I'm Boulevard. I'm good on any yeah. MLK Boulevard. Yeah. Okay. That's how, like, I don't know about anybody else, but I know how we're raising ours. Yeah. That's just it. That's how we raise ours too. Yep. <laughs> I love that. Right. I love it, man. Swin, thank you so much for dropping by and talking to the fam. I saw Snooker Booker. I was about to say Snooker Booker was just cheesing. <laughs> oh, I know she, oh, I love it. I love you. it. I was over here smiling from ear to ear. Thank I you. Was that too. was amazing. No, but I, I appreciate that, y'all. No, but I just hope that everybody took away that the fact that like what you're doing you've created your own position in a sense of you know you got in there there's probably something they thought you were going to do and you nuzzled in you were like yeah we're going to build the culture you want to talk x's and o's let's do that so i just love the representation that you have can't wait until you get inducted can't wait to see the fit and tell the fam i said hello man thank you for joining yeah, congratulations us. on that as well congratulations thank you appreciate y'all y'all keep doing your thing two snaps two snaps appreciate y'all We're in the Zoom age where everything's on Zoom. I'm always a camera off type of person on Zoom unless we need to have the camera on, but I understand the need to have the camera on because that's basically how people are meeting these days. But on this or that, do you prefer a text or do you prefer a call? So if somebody needs to get a hold of you about something, should they just text you or should they just pick up the phone and call you? I only take calls from family. <laughs> Give me a text, please. And sometimes I do call friends and we talk and we chop it up. But please, just text me. It's not that serious. I promise you it's not that serious. I'm not going to be offended. I'm not going to be upset. Just text me. But if it's family, oh, yeah, I can call. We can call. We can talk. We can do all that. But don't call me. Please text me. Just text me. Okay. Well, if you're in my contact list, you can call. If you're not in my contact list, you can't call. So if I don't recognize the number, you better text me to let me know that you're calling because you're not in my phone contact list because I don't answer any calls from numbers I do not recognize. Okay, because she said, listen, them telemarketers been blowing a kid up, all right? So we ain't mm -mm. answering no calls where it just says the number. Serena, mm -mm. what you got? I mean, I, I feel like, okay, so I remember when text messages started to be like a thing. And then I, I was like, right, probably like at, in ninth grade is when everything started to change. So I started to see like from phone calls to everybody always like texting you. And then I remember thinking like, okay, this is cool, you know, because you get to talk to people right away but then I felt like you were just like too easily available so I mm. prefer I prefer phone calls because you know I'm kind of like old school like if you call and then if you missed a call whatever leave a message and I'll get back to you leave a message or after the answer if I can I answer if I can I, I do like phone calls because I feel like phone calls are just quick and easy and I do answer phone numbers that I don't know because uh, that's you know a lot of times business people call me and, and I don't know dang you young I just now realized when she <laughs> said ninth grade in Texas. I was like, damn, she young. I'm just shaking my head like, ninth grade? Yes. So there's that. I was in ninth grade and that's when things kind of started to like change in like 2000, like five or six Let me tell you, she's not lying. I don't understand this about Serena. 
We'll look at her phone and she won't, she'll be like, I wonder who that is. And I'll just assume that it's understood that you're not answering it. If I, if you don't, and she'll be like, hello. No, and you then, never know. She answers on calls she don't know. And then got the don't nerve to be it. mad if it's somebody she don't want to, if, if it's somebody calling about something she don't want to be about. We'll be like, answer? your car extended warranty. Okay, click. But sometimes I'll be like, hi, is this Serena? Um, So we would want to call you back for this project. And so I'll be like, oh, okay. I'm glad I answered this phone number because I wasn't about to answer. But a lot of times I've missed good no, phone ma'am. calls by not answering no. the phone number that's, that I don't recognize. Mm-hmm. So I started mm-hmm. I started answering. That's why y'all need to try to contact Serena. That's why she needs to be a point of contact because I'm like Snookabooka. If I see that number and I don't know it, it's not it's, it's not because the amount of people that have my number, they could have changed numbers. They could have changed numbers four times over. But if they never even let me know they changed numbers, then that probably means that we don't talk on a normal basis anyway. There's so many people that could just be reaching out about things that I'm not even the point of contact they should be reaching out to, but they just know I'm affiliated with the project. There's just so many reasons why it's a no. And, and I'll even answer Renee's number sometimes. I'll be like, Army or Serena Grace or, you know, Serena, she don't Renee's pick up my phone and she'll answer my call. Because I'll be like, I, answer girl. that. Answer that because you don't know what that is. And sometimes that has been good calls. <laughs> It has, but this is the thing about it. Yeah, like, you know, business people pass around numbers. So it could be somebody from a company I work with and they're like, yeah, hey, we have a dope opportunity for you. We want you to host this thing. It's going to air on this station. That could all be sent on a voicemail. Boom. That's how I feel, Cole. Serena's people like, don't leave voicemails oh, anymore. A lot of times people Email don't. in. Like, yeah, this is my yeah. thing. If they call me one time and try to get me one time to do this event and they don't try to email and further follow up if I don't answer that one call well baby it ain't for me then like first if y'all- of all it should be easier for them to have your email than it should be your definitely. phone definitely so it should have came through the email first definitely if it was followed up with a phone call because how did you get straight to my phone if you're not because in my, somebody like, gave some, my number and I don't like that either number. this is yeah. just a PSA <laughs> that you should always ask people before giving out somebody's out number numbers. Yes. yes it might make sense for that person to have their number but you should always still ask make sure and to that point I, I do like that Serena answers the phone because sometimes like she knows I know what she's talking about we've gotten like some really dope things happen where somebody that's pretty famous will just randomly call because they don't like people to know that they're going to call be like you know, a like, private number or something yeah like you know like even Harvey from TMZ every time he calls it's very discreet and coded and <laughs> and like all like I just realized a lot of my celebrity friends when they call me it is hidden Marshawn and discreet Lynch, you didn't know that it was him calling you I didn't know I didn't know and then they text me and be like yo pick up the line yeah see yeah yeah but then you still got to ask who is this now see you just you just clear up everything I just said yo pick up the phone oh who is this oh it's so and so okay cool it's beast mode it's beast mode I'm like oh yeah call me back but But you know like sometimes people don't 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 go that extra mile so just coming from acting for example you get callbacks and when you go to audition so sometimes you don't recognize those numbers and so some of those numbers have been like callbacks for some of those you know sets or whatever so it's like oh man like I said I'm glad I answered this call because you just don't know it's true it is I know that she knows like four calls you two have that lifestyle yes Cole over here you send me a text message and then I will call you back or if you leave a voicemail I will call you back y'all got some next level stuff going on here we talk about the regular people celebrities don't like to know your call I just realized that as she said that all kinds of celebrities that like hit me I just realized that they all do be doing that stuff where 
it'll be like, but what number am I texting you on? Because this isn't the number you call from. And they're like, oh, no, no, no. I don't, I don't. Yeah. That's just my other phone. I don't really, like, this is my yep. real phone. This is my yep. personal <laughs> line. And we'll Paul is, in, is in the chat right now talk about some, I need a personal line. And it's true. Like, my business line and my personal line are the same. And that's, that's just never, it's just never good. So. Again. <laughs> and the then regular maybe we should people, take that part out so people won't think that you're that easily accessible. You know what I'm saying? For the regular. <laughs> For the regular people who have a phone and want a text message, it's okay. Because we don't have celebrities bombing our phones <laughs> with personal numbers and private calls. You can text me. I'm, I'm available by text. Not by, or if you call me, just expect to get that voicemail. And yeah, then well, I'll one day you're going to have NBC calling you, um, hey, uh, is this Nicole Young? We would like for you to be and on I probably this wouldn't segment. even believe it was in. I'd be like, stop playing it on my phone. <laughs> that's really how it feels, though. Not for nothing, Cole. That's really how it feels. I'd be like, now who is this? Oh, yeah, this is NBC. We're calling with Joyanne Reed. She really wants you to be a part of like one of her special moments. And I'm like, huh? Yeah, Joyanne Reed, <laughs> the Joyanne Reed. Yeah, like she wants you it to really be in, in the cold. Like right. You're right. Yeah. It does. So that to that point, but I guess this or that. I thought it was a no brainer, but some people like phone calls. Some people like texts. Snook said, if you ain't Seasonal. in her contact contacts, <laughs> don't hit her line. <laughs> <laughs> Coming up next, we have entrepreneur and celebrity chef, Kayla Greer. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Morning. <laughs> oh, we live, baby. Three, six, five. So listen, you are known to have a relentless work ethic. You worked your way all the way to the Barilla Pasta World Championship in 2019. But <laughs> I love watching the Food Network and I've watched Gordon Ramsay and all the tough ones. And it looks, you know, I've heard that it's the toughest industry to get into. So how did you start? And is it true that the food industry is like brutal? Well, to start, I'm born and raised in L.A., I went to culinary school straight from high school in 2009. I literally have just worked my way to the top, just word of mouth. 
I've probably worked in a restaurant kitchen for a total of like 30 days out of my whole life. What? Wow. <laughs> Why? <laughs> like I never worked in a restaurant. I was in a restaurant for yeah, a couple of weeks and I was like, I hate it here. <laughs> <laughs> I remember I told my mom, I called her and I was like, I don't want to be here. And she was just like, don't tear your body down for somebody else, you know, and wear yourself out. Like, you know, you can do it for yourself. And I was like, so I can quit. And she was like, yeah, quit. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you called mom though to make sure like so mom am i allowed to quit <laughs> I'm like, I gotta go so i um i quit and it was like 2011 at that point so instagram had just came out and <laughs> saffron sorry neighbor <laughs> neighbor walking by and instagram i just came out and i started like posting food on the internet and um i was like i'm gonna just deliver food to people that i know because i knew so many people who like we're in the studio or have their own business or stuff like that. So I was just in the front of people's mind. I realized at that point, it really just kept me like, especially back then, it wasn't really African-Americans, people of color really pushing being a chef. I feel like that has really become more popular in the last few years. It highlighted me because I was being different and Um, And then I was actually really good. So I'm curious, though, because you said that there's not a lot of there wasn't a lot of black chefs. And I know it's changed since then. And I always talk about usually every woman has a struggle story when it comes to breaking through in the business world in general, because top business levels, men usually occupy those spots. Even further, most black women definitely have a story. So what was the struggles in that aspect? Because, you know, let's say in the TV business for me in the broadcast space, there's not very many seats available. So that that's why you start to see women fighting each other over the same seats. But is it the same way in the chef space? Um, 100%. I got to experience that a lot. Just being in the private chef space is a lot different from restaurant space because it is, you are working for yourself. It is definitely like very competitive. Just when I first started looking into this career and trying to get more information about it, it was very little information. And it was also stated that this is like one of the rarest jobs in the world. A lot of it is based on you as a person, as well as like your craft and like how well you can actually like cook because they're only dealing with you every day. And just like your energy. And I've learned that like people, you know, everyone is different and what's for you is going to be for you. And I've just been able to, really maneuver through these years of like continuously growing and really like just staying true to who I am and not being envious or caring about what other people are doing because ultimately like I said it's I'm a personal chef people pick me personally for me you know so yes whatever yeah. for me is for me and you know my blessings come other people get blessings it is what it is you know as far as in the restaurant space which is something that I've you know been more into now that I have 40 love Um, in West Hollywood, it's just interesting because I'm not there every day. And I am like this black woman who is the face of the brand. And I actually call the culinary shots. It's been interesting to me to see like the culture inside of that kitchen, because it's like, I just come through every couple of days or something. And I'm just like, oh, no. That, you know, and sometimes I get, get it together, get them all the way together. OK, <laughs> yes. I get eye, you know, and I, you know, and they looking at me like, you know, who is she here? I've, I've been learning <laughs> so much of like how to talk to them, how to like not bruise any egos, how to, you know, really approach people properly because it's a prideful 
job. You know, everybody thinks they can cook Absolutely. the best. And your artists too. And they're artists. They're artists. Keep in mind that I'm an artist and I'm sensitive about my stuff. Okay, listen, <laughs> you leveled up in a huge way, though. You've had clients like Drake, Nas, Michael Crabtree, Young wow. Dolph, Wiz Khalifa, just to name a few. So I'm curious, like, what's a typical day in the life of a celebrity chef like? I mean, you wake up, you call Drake, say what you have in this week. Like, what is this like? This is wild to me. You know, everybody's different. You know, everybody's different. My life is, whoo, it's a lot. <laughs> I don't know why I feel like I can tell everybody yes. Uh, but I, I like today I have four clients. Like, why? Why do I have four <laughs> Luckily, by the grace of God, I deal with such high profile people. So, you know, they're pretty organized. It's really structured. Um, it's a schedule. You know, um, you deal with their assistants a lot um, and their team a lot. And like for me personally right now, I know I am cooking for mustard. I help him like uh, manage his weight and lose weight a lot. And right now he's doing like a really strict diet. So he can only eat these particular foods that we got tested. So I'm cooking his food. I'm gonna go drop it off at the studio. I gotta be at Demi's house by 11. And then I'm gonna be at her house from 11 to five. Um, while I'm there, she's probably going to, you know, she's going to eat breakfast when she wakes up, whatever, however her schedule is, it's literally, I'm just, I'm there for her, whatever she wants. You know, if she comes down, I greet her, you know, what, can I get you anything? You want anything for breakfast? <laughs> that's wow. Nice. That's crazy. God, I Lee, love that this. It's crazy. Yes. It's like, wow. No, legit. And then she's having a team meeting at her house today as well. So I have to do like a small dinner for like five people. And then from there, I have to go to Candace Parker's house. I okay. know you lying. Okay. <laughs> Just casually name drop. Yes. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I'm not going to make it to 40 today. It's a pretty tight day. Tell Candace I said what up, though. This is crazy. I go to Candace's house tomorrow. I'm tripping today's Monday. So, yeah, I just have the team dinner today. Then I go to, then I have the same schedule tomorrow and the next day after that. That's, That's crazy. Amazing. So you you have your own LLC, but you also have your own line of seasoning. And I'm curious, do you think about that as like what your clients might need and you make your seasoning off of that? Um, 100%. Um, I, this first uh, blend that I came out with is just like my signature flavor profile, like blend. Um, I like, as you can hear, I've always been like bouncing around. I can be here. I can be here. I can have a full day at a client's house and then get a call. Can you come do this? Can you and it's gets annoying because you're taking your stuff in and out of the car all day. Yeah. Bags of stuff, seasonings. I've gone through so many different like, oh, I'm going to, you know, organize it this way or I'm organized this way. And finally, I was just like, I'm going to mix this all up together since I use the same things most of the time. And that's this how it was created, as well as just thinking forward and wanting to, you know, have a product and further my business um, just as a entrepreneur and knowing that I can't be standing in the kitchen for the rest of my life. And that's originally how that came about. I definitely think about my clients all day. It's the most draining thing ever because, you know, it comes from a good place, but it can be a bit draining because I cook from the heart, you know, and I put, I give everybody that same energy. If I don't like a person and I won't work for them, you know, or I won't cook for them. So I think that um, my <laughs> cooking is very like pure and it comes from a good, good space. So I'm always thinking about them and everything because they're all different.
and they all like different things and they all need different things. So I'm really intrigued by what you said earlier. So on the business side of things, so my mom, she's a business owner too, and she's kind of dealt with a little bit of what you were saying. So like sometimes like when you have people managing and when you only go in a couple of days a week, they're like, well, who does she think she is? She's coming in here calling all the shots. So I'm interested from a business standpoint, how do you deal with that? Like, do you have like team meetings? Do you have like team building activities? Like, how do you deal with those dynamics? Like when somebody, you know, is, is acting kind of like like that with you oh, man well <laughs> to start i went through uh three chefs she got them out of here baby okay that's what happened <laughs> they quit honestly and that's fine i was like thank you <laughs> she said thank you <laughs> um, but um i've been learning i have started to learn how to like talk to them more as a group so definitely like talking as a group because how I work is we have a head chef at 40 and I work closely with him. But what I realize is that the other uh, employees need that same one-on-one and need that same type of like connection so that they don't feel like when I come, it's like, oh, you know, she's here or they got to feel a kind of way, you know? So what I've been doing now is having more group meetings um, when I'm, trying to like tweak something. I have everyone come and and watch me at at once. And then I still like try to communicate with them on -on one-on-one and connect with them a little bit more, make sure I speak to everyone, make sure, you know, I'm asking each of them personally on their own, like, oh, how are you doing? You know, how's your day going? You know, do you have any questions? Do you need anything? So that they feel a lot more comfortable when they see me because- I love that. They were like giving me this, I like where we're at right now. We have a a good team, I feel like. But yeah, like I said, we, where we started and where we're at now is like night and day. I love that. Growth. I love that. Yeah, I was just about to say that, Cole, that's growth. And you know, you talked about you give everything to your clients you think about them all the time and one of your former clients was the late great nipsey hustle may the marathon always continue yes but what does it mean to you to be able to literally literally nourish and have vibes with legends on a regular basis i mean that's amazing that's you know because people consider what they eat is almost like some people consider almost religious what they eat and sometimes the people like your Mm -hmm. body's your temple so for you to be a chef and feed people that you know mind body spirit we say this all the time but you're the body part for a lot of people so like what is that like it's really beautiful honestly sometimes I don't even like it takes me a minute to have to like step back and be like wow you know um that I am such a huge part in people's lives I know that I'm not the same when my food isn't right so it it means a lot to me that like people trust me so much with their livelihood and with their most intimate settings and you know parts of their life you know it shows me that I'm a really good person and like people trust me and it feels great honestly like I knew I was just cooking for Nipsey but we're from the same neighborhood and you know just him passing away like it it hurt me so much you know so it was like that connection that's where we connected at was on the food and it was just crazy because he was that client for me who just he ate exactly how I wanted to cook at all times. Like, no restrictions, you know? Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter how spicy, it doesn't matter how many vegetables or herbs or citrus or any, it was like no restrictions on him. He And he just, he pushed me, he always was like, you know, 
just do that. you and, yeah. and like always complimented me and all that kind of stuff. So honestly, I feed off of the clients and they feed off of me as well, you know, and I feel like I am very lucky. I don't know how, you know, why me? I'm very blessed, you know, but yeah. um, I just, I don't never take it for granted. And like I said, I just try to put, always put my, my best foot forward and treat everybody the same so that I can continue to receive what they're giving me as well. Because yeah, I am around these legends. Like I have to be great, you know, like I, I don't have a choice. I'm around too much. <laughs> yeah, I that's love true. that. Listening to Diddy on the phones and stuff. I'll be like, Lord, like what well, I need to get my life. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's, I mean, that's li- like, listen to the names. You're talking about Nipsey Hussle, Diddy, Drake. I mean, yeah. these are the who's who's. And it's interesting because when you talk about food, everybody has an opinion about food. You know, like everybody, yeah. whether it's, you know, Mayor Keisha Lamb's Bottoms Mac and Cheese that people did not like when she posted that they said oh no baby whether it was that or whether it's you know health is at the forefront now you know a lot of people are eating healthier it's it's a topic of conversation and now you've launched like I said you have your own LLC you have your own line of seasoning and you're building something you said you you have to be great you are great listen to the people that we listen to the people that we're talking about now you are great so we talk about building businesses and building wealth here at Montgomery and Company. So I always like to ask the guests we have, what does generational wealth mean to you as you're building your own empire? Generational wealth to me is, you know, mailbox money. It's when you can sit back and just have it coming in without having to do too much, where you can just have equity <laughs> and different different um you know, businesses and yep. you can actually provide for your, not just yourself, but your, your mother, your sisters, your nieces and nephews, your grandchildren. I personally, I don't have any kids right now, but I'm like happy to know that like I paid for my nephew's tuition at school, you know, my, and that's like, yeah. that's nice to me to know that I can do that. You know, my sister has three kids that are, they're basically triplets, you know? And it's like all at once, they're all, they're four and five. So it's like, but just the smallest things to just know that I'm actually have a goal. That's generational wealth to me. It's like having a goal and knowing that you're setting yourself up for that. It's like a factory, it's an engine. Like you're just, you're putting everything in motion so that it can all run smoothly. It's like I'm building a car, you know, so that it can just run. So I think that's what generational wealth is to me. And, um, I know that it's bigger than me. And sometimes, like I said, I'm, I just get put in these situations and I'm put around these people. And some people dream and beg and cry and want and do everything in the world to be in this position. And for me, it's just come so naturally. So I think that it was it was written and I have to just continue to do what I'm supposed to do in, in order for it to like come into fruition fully. That's right. Mailbox Listen, money. Be- I like that's my new one. Mailbox money. money. <laughs> you belong there, Kayla. Kayla Greer. Listen, I wish you nothing but the best. You're in those rooms because you belong in those rooms. And that's I hope right. to see you and in all those rooms. It. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yes. Yes. Now, do you have a cookbook that's possibly coming out? You were talking about how you prepare food and what you do is very intriguing. I love to cook and yeah, those she spices does. and things. Are they available? So I would like to help, you know, with, with whatever company base you have because cooking is right up my alley. Yes, it is. So where can we get the spices? When is the cookbook dropping? Give it to us all, Kayla, okay? Okay, look, so I, like I said, I don't even write recipes. This has been a new thing for me, but I have been working on it. 
I actually have a YouTube channel right now that I've been dropping recipes on. So okay. I'm giving like a lot of steps, uh, advice and great recipes, lots of macaroni and cheese, lamb chops. Okay. Ooh. Okay. We're going to check out the YouTube. Weekly virtual cooking shows. I saw that weekly virtual lessons okay. that you well, do. I'm I've, seen, I've seen Definitely. it. Weekly on YouTube. Um, my spice is available at chefk.com. It is ready for you if you get it in two days it ships immediately it's like a staple it really makes like cooking in the kitchen so much easier you don't have to like pull out all these different things you just like need a pinch and you're good so um i really encourage everybody not just because it's mine and i made it and i created it but like really great 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 product so that um chef kk all-purpose seasoning is available at chefk.com chefkay.com love it yeah i mean i have some other really good stuff coming out and you know gracing some tv screens soon and let's go <laughs> just constantly yes. working and building so that's where you can check me out right now all right chef good kk stuff. well thank listen you. i'm gonna do we're that. gonna check it out and we thank you for joining us here on montgomery and company yes. and you belong in them rooms stay in those rooms and turn up when you get in those rooms okay <laughs> yes thank you Man, I don't know. There's something about when you connect with people. I didn't even go to school with Swin Cash, but right when I talked to her, there's certain moments that if you went to UConn, we all know CD and we all know CD's energy. So it's just fun to connect with other Huskies. And speaking of, the Huskies are playing Indiana this Saturday. We'll all be locked in and loaded. Happy belated birthday to the Godfather, Coach Ariema. And then today, as you're listening to this podcast, if you're listening on the Thursday when we release, which I hope you are, then a matchup to watch is Arizona. Arizona, which is the number one seed going against Houston. Coach Samson over there, they're really good. So check it out. Join in on the madness. We're going to have some fun. And as you know, it's a generational thing over here with MoCo. We'll see y'all next week. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.